Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today we are talking about real estate. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next week, we're going to talk about real estate as well. I booked two episodes for the real estate subject because it's a more complicated subject than the stock market, and so it needs a little more time. Um, but before we fully dive into real estate, I wanted to talk about the role of investing in real estate. So anywhere where there's an opportunity to make money, there's a reason why that opportunity exists. And in and in the example of real estate investors, you are the person who is getting your hands dirty so that way the consumer doesn't. Because not everyone wants to deal with repairing a distressed property. Lots of people want to have a turnkey ready house that they can just move into and not have to worry about anything. And then next up, what I wanted to talk about is escaping the rat race. So I should have talked about it more in depth earlier in the season, but your goal should be able to be financially free. And I believe we did talk about it a little bit, but when I first started studying finance, real estate is the investment avenue that I first looked at. And one of the best formulas I've seen for how to escape the rat race was at a real estate training conference that I went to. And as I was going through my notes in preparation for these episodes, I found it and figured we should talk about it real quick. So, to be financially free, your income must exceed, your passive income must exceed your expenses. So to do that, first you need to know what your expenses are. Let's just say 4,000, because that will cover hopefully way above and beyond most of your guys' expenses because 4000 is ridiculous. According to this company, the average cash flow for, a, uh, for each, so in real estate, you call it doors instead of houses, apartments, yada, yada. Each door, uh, just to make it simple, how many doors do you need to own and have cash flow to be able to meet that $4,000 in expenses. So the average door cash flows about $350, according to this paper. A typical down payment is $15,000, and each rehab you do, which is the another word for flipping, each rehab you do, you should aim for a profitability of $30,000. So every rehab you do is equal to two down payments, and each down payment is equal to $350 cash flow. So if you have $4,000 in expenses, you need to divide that by $350, which is 12 doors. You need $15,000 per door, and let's actually pause real quick. $15,000 for a down payment sounds really low, but one, there's... FHA loans, which is only 3.5% down, and two, you are 
usually buying distressed properties, which means they are usually highly under market value. I have found houses that are worth that are the asking price is twenty to thirty thousand dollars. You will never find that in states like California, but the vast majority of the U.S. still is on the lower end of the hundreds of thousands of dollars, as in a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, and it's just the exorbitantly high prices of certain markets that skyrocket the price. You can easily find houses for under a house uh, for under a hundred thousand dollars. So this is for a $75,000 house, which is more difficult, but it's still not unreasonable to find, especially when it's distressed because you're flipping it. So $15,000 down for per unit. If you have to reach the $4,000 in passive income, you need 12 units. So that means you need a $180,000 capital to invest in real estate to be free. So what that means is you can either A, if you have a really well-paying job, just not blow all of your money and buy rental properties, or B, you can rehab, flip houses. And with each rehab, you want to aim for about $30,000. So 180,000 divided by 30,000 is six. You need to do six rehabs to meet your financial goals to escape the rat race. To do it in two years, that is three rehabs a year, meaning you have four months per house to fix it up and sell it to be able to escape the rat race and meet your financial needs. And that's kind of the role of the real estate investor is to find these de-stressed properties, fix them up and sell them again for people who want to buy houses, or you can fix them up and keep them and let people rent from you. Because there's there's only three ways to make money in real estate. I'm sure there's others, but there's three main ways. The first of which I don't I've never really been able to wrap my head around it, and that's wholesaling. The basics of wholesaling is you find a messed up property, you tell the person that you are willing to buy them, you get, buy it from them, you get it under contract, and then you find somebody who's looking to fix up the property. And you tell them that you have this contract for a house and you're willing to sell them the contract so that way they can buy the house, the person who's selling the house can sell the house, and then you make money by arranging the deal. I've never understood how that actually works in real life, but I know lots of people do it. I've just never really been able to wrap my head around it. Sounds like a whole lot of paperwork to me. The other two are rehabbing, fixing distressed properties up, and then selling them, or buying properties and holding on to them and then finding somebody who will rent the space from you. And almost always it's a combination of the two. Like for instance, in the rat race escape, it was how many rehabs do you need to do to have the down payment needed for rentals. And in the next episode, we'll talk more about doing real estate as a business and all the different strategies that oftentimes combine the two different ones. Every single strategy out there, every method, every little doodad is always boiling down to one of those two. It is either flipping properties to make a profit or buying and holding the properties so that way you can then rent them out and generate cash flow. So it's 
capital gains versus rental properties or rental income. And you need both because unless you're made of money, you're going to run out of money for rental properties. So usually when you're investing in real estate, you're combining the two. And there are all sorts of different types of properties. There's residential, commercial, office. It doesn't matter. They are all either flipping or renting, whether it's a um, two-bedroom house or a 200-apartment complex. So with that said, let's dive a little bit more into each specifically. So renting, we'll talk on that one first. Um, there are states and countries that are more pro the investor and more pro the renter. And there's convenient little charts that show it. Usually you want to, if you're doing rental properties, you want to be in the more pro investor category, the landlord category, because, or states, landlord friendly states, because just like, uh, during COVID, there were several states that told the renters, yeah, you don't have to pay rent anymore. Sure, the landlord is still on the hook for the mortgages, but you don't have to pay rent anymore. And then the landlord goes under and, it and you're screwed. And while it's not as important with flipping, you generally want to, when you purchase the property, you want to um, find a property that can be improved. Because that is your job as the investor is to improve property, and that's how you make your money. And then let's talk about the flippers real quick. I have three categories of flippers. These are my made-up categories, but they're, you, you usually find similar ones throughout as you study this subject. The first one I call the contractor junkie. These are the flippers who are doing like 30 properties a year. They're trying to, they're doing it as a business. They are... Um, they find a property, they make a deal, they get the property, they hire all the contractors to get the work done super fast, and then they sell the property. These are for real estate business people. Then there's the speedy DIYers is my next category. These are the people who are trying to do, just like in the little escape the rat race exercise I did with you guys, these are the people who are doing three properties a year. They are buying a house. Sometimes it might be a house that they are staying in, especially if it's single guys, and then they fix it up as quickly as possible and sell it, so that way they can buy the next project and sell it. And they generate a good amount of capital by doing this. And then the third one, I call it the slow, um, the slow and steady flippers. And the slow and steady flippers are taking advantage of the fact that short-term capital gains and long-term long capital gains taxes are very different. Short-term capital gain taxes are high, long-term are short. So this person, and they can, by living in it, so long, it's counted as long-term when it's over a year. For an FHA loan, you also have to live in it as your primary resident for a year. So you get the bonus of long-term capital gains taxes instead of short-term. And you get to use FHA loans instead of um, instead of having to do the traditional 20% down. You can do 3.5% down. And so they quickly fix it. And then they live in it for a year. And then they sell it, buy a new house that needs fixing up. 
they quickly fix it and then live in it for a year. And the first two are really for people who are um, trying to do real estate investment as their main source of income. The slow and steady ones are for the people who are maybe have a good job and are just looking for a way to invest their money and have some basic DIY skills. But you can also contract it out for the slow and steady as well. So those are my three categories of the real estate investors, of the real estate flippers. None of them are necessarily better than the other ones. It's just what your style is and what you want to accomplish. So the last thing I want to talk about is, um, this is directly stolen from Graham Stephan, who is a another finance guru that you probably already listened to, but if not, go check him out. And that is his beginner steps to real estate investing. And I'm just going to go through them real quick. He has a whole um, episode on his YouTube channel for devoted to it. But step one, get a good credit score. You can't do real estate investing without money. And typically, like I know I just uh, ragged on debt in just the last episode, and I've ragged on debt throughout this entire season, but if you are going to use debt to help you financially become successful, real estate is the only one where I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. Because you can gain control of a asset with just a small amount of your own money and then the loan is typically tied to the asset. So it's usually a much safer type of loan. And usually it is the lowest type of interest loans. Now, as we go into a era where cheap money won't be as big of a thing for a little while, the interest rates will go up. But overall, down payments for rental properties especially works pretty good. So to do that you need a credit score. You need to be approved or have the ability to be approved for loans. Step two is save your money. Of course you need to save your money. That's the first rule of finance. You need money. Sorry, there is no such thing as no money down. And that goes for step three as well. You need a job. You need proof of income. It can be your business. It can be a job. But you can't get started in real estate with no consistent income and no savings. It just, you can't. And yes, I know lots of people promise that you can, but no, you need money and you need proof of the ability to earn more money if you want loans. And speaking of loans, step four is getting pre-qualified. You should always be prepared for when you actually find that good deal. Because if you find the good deal, especially in the market right now, and you're not pre-qualified, well, then you're not going to get the deal because the deal is going to go away by the time all the paperwork gets done because somebody who was actually prepared for that good deal shows up and buys the property out from underneath you. So get pre-qualified. Make sure that you have all of your ducks in a row so that way when the deal comes and when you find the good deal, you're ready for it. And that ties into step number five. You need to do research. You need to just like in any other form of investing. If you are not an expert on the subject, do not invest in it. Before you invest in the stock market, you need to learn how to properly invest in the stock market, and you need to research the stocks that you are considering investing in. Same thing with real estate. You need to research your, uh, you, you need to research your area. You need to research making sure you have all the proper paperwork. You need to 
watch thousands of videos on real estate investing. So make sure you do your research and so that and you need to look at a whole bunch of houses before you even know what a good deal is. So make sure you do your research. Number eight is make offers. When you actually find the good deal, make a good out, make a good offer. Don't try and lowball them. Make a fair offer that seems reasonable to you. And we'll talk about how to make an offer um, next week, but make a good offer so that way you actually get the deal. Because if you overpay on a good deal, a couple of thousands of dollars, big whoop. It's a good deal. Don't lose out on the good deal because you're trying to save a few pennies. Step seven is inspect the property. When I bought my, uh, my acreage, I went and looked at the property before I even considered actually buying it. Houses, it's even more important. You need a house inspector. You need somebody to look at everything. Make sure that you're not buying a piece of cardboard and sticks that is ready to collapse. Step eight is closing the deal. You need to learn how to close deals and make sure you get all of your ducks in a row. This is where a realtor is important. You should always be using a realtor. This is one of the biggest financial moves that you probably will do. There's hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line. Pay the stupid couple percent fee and have an expert in your corner. Step nine is fixing the property. We've already talked about that pretty in depth. So step 10 is finding the tenant. There's lots of ways to find tenants. Posting online, yada yada, using Facebook, Craigslist. There's way lots of ways to find tenants. And that's pretty much it. That is all of real estate investing basics in a nutshell. We'll talk more about how to actually do it next episode, but hopefully that's what you need. Um, and Graham, his episode is much more in-depth on those 10 steps. I just breezed through them, so you might go check that out. And next week we'll talk a little more of tactics and hows and um, what to do to make money in the real estate market. So with that, I will see you all next week.